in my verse, I say, tell the enemy, I got that semi on me. <laughs> I'm saturated in his favor. You see the shimmy on me. In the middle of the trenches with a vengeance, shaking these demons I see, clenching to the scriptures with a grip that will pop a top when I squeeze. I'm living life like never let go, let God. I'm going to give it all I got. Like I emptied my wallet, dropping these coins in a bucket, crabs in a barrel, they pulling at my soul finna throw down a gauntlet. Sovereign, he's almighty. Follow, like, I want to be able to showcase the people like, yo, first of all, Yes, the enemy is going to come and he's going to try to shift and shatter your faith and things are going to happen like contracts are going to be closed. Income is going to be dried up. What you going to do? She was 20 years old and single when she had her son. She knew she needed God in order to love her son. So she gave her life to God. And through loving her son, she learned how to love herself. In this episode of Testimony and Musician Story, rapper and multi-hyphenated artist AI The Anomaly shares her Christian testimony. She discusses growing up in the foster care system, her passion for philanthropic work in underserved communities, and being the first woman signed to Bizzle's God Over Money Records. Additionally, she breaks down Grown Woman, Facts, Relentless featuring Bizzle, and Freedom's Palace featuring Jared Sanders in the four song breakdown. I'm Gaelica Brown, and this is Soundseekers Presents Testimony, a Musician's Story. My name is Itina Fareed Cook, or AI the Anomaly, and this is my testimony. So let's start with your first music memory, whether it be a song, music video, concerts, first music memory. Um... I'd say like in, in church, you know, growing up in church, Kojic church at that, okay. um, my adoptive mother, I just call her my mom, she raised us in church all the time. And so my memories for music was um, the church choir, uh, listening to, you know, members of the church singing, you know, humming and, you know, these different prayers uh, within the church. So that that's probably like my most, you know, my earliest memories of of music, you know, just hearing, you know, songs and hymns within the church. I mean, in a Kojic church, I'm sure that it's, it'd be kind of hard not to remember that, <laughs> right? Exactly. Okay. And where were you born and raised? I was born and raised in Buffalo, New York. Okay. Buffalo, New York, um, East Side, seven sixteen. You know, I, I talk about it all the time in my music. <laughs> and did you have any siblings? Say that again. Do you have any siblings? Oh yes. Yep. I have. Um, I have two siblings on my mother's side, and I have a long list of siblings on my father's side. So it's, um, I was raised with my brother and my sister, um, who are older than me. And then I have, um, two younger sisters on my father's side and a lot of, I have like 14 brothers and sisters on my father's side. So, okay. But you were raised with your brother and sister. Um, and then when did, did you know about the other siblings or did how did that all roll out? 
No, I didn't know about my other siblings until I got older and started that journey of discovery um, of who, you know, my mother was, uh, who my father was when I was about 18. Because I, I was adopted. Um, I was placed in the foster care when I was 14 months old, me, my sister, my brother, due to um, neglect. Unfortunately, my mother had some issues with substance abuse and um, we were taken away and put into the, the system mm-hmm. and um, placed into care. And then I lost my mother to an overdose when I was three. And so we grew up in foster care and then we were adopted by our foster mother when I was seven. And so I, I, I don't really have any memories of my mother per se. Um, and the person that I thought was my father, I discovered wasn't um, when I was seven, when um, that father figure passed away, I was seven. And then I discovered I have a this other father. (laughs) So when I was 18, I pursued to understand where I come from and, you know, who was my mom really? And, um, who was my father? And so I met my father and then that's when I found out that I had like a whole bunch of brothers and sisters. Okay. (laughs) I just, when I discovered I had little sisters, that was exciting. And so, um, my relationship with them started around that time. And do are they all in the same area, like in your area? So my two sisters who are younger than me, they do live in Buffalo. And then I have some older brothers and sisters who live here and then some who don't. But my my sister and my brother who I was raised with, my brother lives in my city, Buffalo. My sister lives in D.C. Okay. All right. Still East Coast. All right. Yep. So um, after your, the father who you thought was your biological father passed away, how long was it until you discovered that you had your biological father living? Um, I, I'd say like, as I got into my teenage years, because at seven, it was a bit of a shock. It was a lot going on. Yeah. I was seven and, you know, we got adopted. Well, before we got adopted is when I discovered this guy who came to visit us all the time, didn't treat me any different. That was my dad. Like, I thought that was my father. And um, when he passed away is when I found out, like, no. Um, And it's unfortunate, you know, the way that I found out. Um, And so I'd say... In my teenage years is when I discovered, you know, my my father lived in Buffalo. Mm. And, you know, I had to go through those feelings and thoughts. Like, why hasn't he pursued me? Like, yeah. who is he? What does he look like? Um, then I had to, you know, I had to do a little digging. It was, it's always that difficult circumstance as a coming from the foster care system mm-hmm. and being adopted yeah. that sense of like wanting to know your identity and wanting to know where you come from, but yet not, not wanting to, I guess, hurt the person who is caring for you. Yeah. You don't want them to think that, well, why are you looking into this when I, you know, I, I'm here, you know, I've done everything. And so I kind of suppressed the curiosity 
mm. because of that. And um, uh, as I got older, I just, this urge, like I needed, I just needed to know, like, why not know? And so um, I say like in my teens and then when I turned 18, I just went on a, I'm sorry, when I, I think I was 16 when I went on that search. Okay. So I was about 16. Yeah. When I went on that search. So. And did you discover that, were you actually hurting the person who was caring for you? Or was that more just like an internal feeling that you were wrestling with? Um, I, I'm not, I, I'm not sure. That's a, that's a constant. I think at that point, like with my mother, like, you know, that's my mom. Mm-hmm. I spend a lot of time with my mother and I've learned a lot, you know, um, about who she is and how she raised us and all of those things. And so we had our conversations and I know that, you know, in that particular conversation, she did have questions on like, why, you know, would I want to pursue that? And I explained that to her. And I think she, I really believe that she understands my perspective of wanting to know, like, and that need to know, um, but but I, I think to answer your question, I think that it is like a, a situation of like, yeah, perhaps she felt a certain way during that time, yeah. you know, um, but when we had a conversation and I communicated why it was important, she understood. Okay. So let's go back a little bit. So it's to your childhood. So you're a child, you're growing up um, in the foster system, but were you really in the system for too long before you were adopted by your foster mother? So technically, yes. So I was in the foster care system for, from 14 months old until I was adopted. Um, but I was able to be in like, I was seven. Okay. I was adopted at seven. Okay. So though I was adopted by my foster mother, you're in the system. Yeah. You know, so um, I thank God that I, I didn't have to bounce around like most individuals do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe I was in maybe two or three homes. Okay. But um, but for the most part, I was able to be with her for the majority of my childhood. And were your siblings with you in those other homes as well? Um, so it was told to me that in the beginning, my sister and I were together. My, my brother was in a different home. Okay. Um, when me and my sister got to my adoptive mother's home, um, prior to that, she had our brother. Okay. And then our brother went somewhere and she had us. And so she said, wait, they're, they're related and I want to keep them together. So she worked to make sure that our brother stayed with us and she kept us together ever since then. Wow, that's an incredible woman. Yeah. (laughs) And did she raise you guys as a single parent or was there two? Yep. Okay, wow. Yep, she raised us as a single mother. She was in her 50s when she took us in. She had already raised three girls who were grown women by that time, um, all on her own you know, and that's all, that's all we knew. She was just very independent, strong, fierce, <laughs> strict, yeah. you know, woman. Um, 
who raised us the best that she could. Wow. That's incredible though. Yeah. And was it a Christian household? Yes, it was a Christian household. Yep. That's all we knew growing up was going to church and praying and <laughs> singing songs and wearing dresses and, you know, Vaseline on our faces and <laughs> leather shoes and gloves and lace socks. Yep. Okay. And so you're living that lifestyle of going to church on a regular, but how was it also living on the east side of Buffalo, New York? Um, east side of Buffalo, I mean, any side really has its ups and downs, but based off my perception and my perspective, it was a little, it was a little rough. And we were sheltered as well. Like my my mother tried her best to keep us, you know sheltered but you can only shelter the kids uh to a certain extent we still were being exposed to a lot of things outside of the house mm-hmm. um across the street like towards my teenage years across the street was a a drug house next door was a drug house um my my room um when i looked outside i'd see you know people buying drugs or getting high um, right in the alleyway between the, the houses. Uh, so there was drugs, there were violence, um, a lot of a lot of ups and downs. There was beauty at the same time. Yeah. You know, it was a tight knit neighborhood, but there was also like, you know, don't come on my lawn type stuff, you know, mm-hmm. just just those types of things. Um, just highs and lows. It was life. It was life on the east side, pretty much. Wherever there are human beings, there's going to be some ups and downs, highs and lows, negativity, positivity, trials and triumphs. Um, at the end of the day, you know, being that my mother was a praying woman, Christian, um, did the best she could, which I thank God for. I think that's what helped me along the way, you know. And when did you personally give your life to Christ? Uh, so the this question is always interesting, right? Because growing up, like I loved God, I feared God, and I wanted to please him. Like very young age, I had such a yearning to understand truth and to understand God. And so, you know, you go through the... the um, the call and response, if you will, you know, the salvation kind of lines, you know, giving your life to God. So I guess technically you can say I was at a very young age, but I feel like at that age, not under truly understanding what and how to live um, a lifestyle that's pleasing to God and have a relationship with God. Um, Like, I would, I just didn't, I didn't understand completely. So as I got older, I'd say not necessarily losing my faith, my faith, but kind of stepping back. Like I I, I can't be perfect. And I felt like God was such a perfect God, which he is. Mm -hmm. And that my imperfections couldn't stand the chance of honoring him. So I decided to do what it is that I wanted to do in my life, still fearing him and like, yo, God, like I understand who you are, you're sovereign and all these things, but I can't, I can't do that. And I felt like I was, I was God's only mistake. I'm like, look, I'm out here. I'm not sure why I'm here, 
So um, just to get to the answer, I'd say like, as I went through that process of living this life of darkness uh, in the streets and just living whatever kind of lifestyle I felt I wanted to live, I began to be drawn back because I knew the state of my heart and the state of my soul wasn't pleasing. It was a constant fight and a, a constant like battle within myself. Like, yo, I cannot live like this. And um, it wasn't until I got pregnant with my son where I said, you know what, in order to be the best mother that I can be to this child, I have to go to perfection because in perfection, I can have a standard, something that's solid and everything else failed me. Mm-hmm. And that's the only thing that was constant. And that's the only thing that I could rely on. So I decided to totally give my life to Christ, um, totally surrender. And that's when um, I was about 20 years old. Okay, I was 20. And um, so ever, ever since then, so my son is 13 going on 14. I say about 14 years, I've been on this walk where it's for God I live, for God I die. Okay. All right. Um, all right. So you've been, okay. So we established, so you had your son, you give your life to Christ. And when do you end up meeting your husband? I met my husband. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I just discovered that it's, your husband is Bump's brother. Bump's brother. Is that true? No. They're so they play this foolish game where okay. they, they say they're brothers. They're okay. not really brothers. Um, but I mean, if you're around them, you would consider them brothers because they, you know, they, they just tight. They just real tight. Like me and Selah, like I call Selah my brother. People will probably think that we are actually brother and sister. Um, but yeah, uh, I met my husband. Um, my son may have been two, two years old. And I met him when I was working. I was running an after school program um, through an organization here in Buffalo. And um, he was part of a program that was connected to that. Mm-hmm. And so I met him through that. And uh, yeah, man, I, I met him. My mind was like focused on going to school, getting my life together, uh, paying my bills, you know, handling what I needed to handle. I was a single mother and I just really wanted to do the best that I can for me, my son, and so I was just growing spiritually and stuff. And so um, he just kept persisting, you know, just talking with me. And we would have conversations about the Bible, conversations about God, um, and definitely grew into a great friendship. Mm-hmm. I respected him and his thought process and his love for God and his love for community and what his church was doing within the community on the east side. And that just developed into, you know, love. Yeah. So, yeah. So we've been together. Man, we've been together for 12 years, married for 11. Okay. Right on. 
So now you guys have a little girl together. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yep, Eileen. And let's talk about um, what Get Focus Productions. Yes. So Get Focus Productions is my baby. You know, um, I started that, I want to say about nine or 10 years ago. It's a company that started off as like photography. You know, I learned about photography growing up, um, going through, through different programs. And I gained such a love for it as, as I developed and grew, I, you know, transformed this passion into a business and um, just developed over time, just discovering my passion for young people mm -hmm. and um, in, in instilling or integrating that idea of trying to teach young people valuable skills through the tool and the use of photography. And so the business turned into not only photography and video, but also teaching youth and young adults how to um, tell stories through the lens or through the camera. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, over the years, you know, I found a lot of success in that. Um, I've been able to work with a lot of young people. Um, I've been doing Get Focus or running Get Focus Productions full time for the past three, four years now. Okay. Um, so even though, yes, like 10 years old, I still had that job. I still yeah. worked nine to five until the business became like it kind of took over the schedule schedule yeah. so I'm like yeah we gotta focus all the way on this so the last three three to four years I've been able to um work with over this is an insane number but I just looked at it the other day through the different organizations that I work with I've been able to work with a, what about 20,000 young people adults um through throughout um, the last three to five years. Uh, so it's been, it's been insanely beautiful. Uh, so that's programs, that's presentations, that's performances um, in and out of town. Um, it's, it's been, it's been great. So that's um, the, like the source material that you do with the young kids. That's the young focus. There so young and focus is uh, the movement. Okay. So Get Focus Productions is the company. So I do photography, I do film. Practically, like I, what I like to do or like to say is I um, I tell stories through the lens. Mm -hmm. So I put on exhibits, um, more art-based, more project-based work. And then I do programs under Get Focus Productions. Young and Focus is a movement underneath that. So all of the contracts that I earn with Get Focus Productions, I put a portion of the proceeds to the side. And that money goes into Young and Focus. Mm -hmm. And through that source, I'm able to invest in the next generation of creatives. So, for example, I get to take some of that money and I get to find young people who are doing dope things through the arts, uh, whether that be, you know, a young kid, his, his name's Ameka, amazing young artist. At the time he was about 14, 15, doing custom sneakers okay. um, and painting on sneakers. Yeah. And so I said, hey, look, what do you need? What, what, what would you need in order to take you to the no another level 
um, to really establish what you're trying to do with this custom sneaker business. And so he said he needed an airbrush kit. And so because of the contracts that I earned, I was able to purchase him an airbrush kit and then also highlight him and have him tell his story and talk about what motivates him as a young person to do what he does. And so now he's, man, this kid is so dope. He's been able to do custom sneakers for NFL players, like their cleats. Yeah. He's been able to do that. He's done a mural in his, in his house. He's been able to put on um, exhibits as well. And he's just been going able to go further within his career of visual arts, not just because of me. Like, it's yeah. not like, oh man, I came into his life and he just propelled. <laughs> yeah. He was already, he was already motivated. Yeah. His mother and father are amazing. And, and I'm just one individual or one villager, if you will, who was able to, you know, have a part in helping him go. And so that is one example of what Young and Focus is able to do. Not only giving him money, uh, or not money, but giving, providing him with that resource or that tool, but also mentoring him during um, a section of time. So I mentor a lot of young people, trying to talk to them about business, having a business mindset. Yeah. I'll take on a couple of young people, giving them opportunities through photography, giving them some contractual work, paying them, um, whatever my hands find to do, I do it with all my might, just like the scriptures tell us. So um, that's, that's like young and focused, you know? That's awesome. You like totally lit up when talking about Omeka and just like everything that. Yeah. Is- that's, I mean, I love it. I love it. I love if like, I'm going to be real with you. Everything that I do is really to pour into that. I mean, obviously we, as Christians, we want to live a lifestyle that is an example or a follower of Christ, a follower of the word of God. We want to live an example as an example so that when people see our lives, the hope is that they're enticed. Like, what is this? <laughs> what is this glow? What is this that you're doing? What is this freedom? In order to find freedom, I was I was able to first and foremost give my life like, yo, I'm going to follow the precepts or the biblical um, foundation for my life. And follow that so that it may bear fruit. Mm -hmm. And so this fruit is what you see, like everything that I do, whether it's first and foremost, um, living that life that will be pleasing, right, to God. Um, I'm a mom and I'm I'm a wife. Um, Making sure that that platform, that's a stage, Mm -hmm. that platform, I have to do the best that I can. Am I perfect? No, not at all, but I'm just trying my best to die daily to my flesh and be the best that I can be. And then after that, there's community, there's ministry within my church. And so my passion is to provide whatever I can to young people because I come from that background. So like, that's my encouragement to people like, yo, find find what you love, that talent that God has given you, that passion, that Whatever that is, you need to keep doing that. And um, uh, hopefully the fruit will bear and people can see it and be encouraged as well. Okay, okay. And then in terms of, um, because you're also working on a docu-series, correct? Yeah. Okay. 
And yeah. would you mind talking about that? Like you said, you're highlighting some artists that are impacting their communities in a Yeah, so so I'm I'm fascinated by stories of individuals, just regular human beings, right? Who people that go beyond the the basics, you know, the basics, you know, um, especially within our genre of Christian hip hop. Um, but even beyond just Christian hip hop, just in life general. But I wanted to focus in on individuals who are within the Christian hip hip hop genre, who are amazing and amazing artists, whether they whether they rap or um, they produce, who they're dope, but they're even doper as feeling doper in feeling anthropic work you know so people who are like on the ground actually making a difference within their space Mm -hmm. because social media only shows us but so much yeah you know social media is just this like I call it a tunnel it's a necessary tunnel I understand you know in order to showcase certain things but there's people that are doing amazing things for example I've highlighted Derek Minor who we, we all know he's dope as an artist, you know, we yeah. see his music videos. We, we see all of those things that he does, the streams and, and everything, you know, he posts certain things and it's like, man, he's dope, but man, he's also had, he also has created this organization, this movement ownership is the new black. And he helps business owners who are black to learn about how to invest, learn about how to propel your business um, and, 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 and just grow and expand and be better, you know? Uh, so I was able to kind of follow him around and see the work he does. Okay. And then, um, one, you know, and other people like that, you know what I mean? So just being able to showcase. Yeah. (laughs) And then you have like, you know, Angie Rose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know Angie interviewed her. Dope, right? Like, but I mean, you may, some may know what she does for Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Some may or may not know what she does for youth within her city in, in her unstoppable movement and the heart behind that. You know, um, you got it's just a lot. It's a lot like R. Swift, who does dope music. And he also is part of an organization that teaches young people about music. Okay. And, and they have invested in place in um, um, property in Atlanta to be able to touch women who are coming out of, um, um, I'd say like prostitution, if you will, or that kind of lifestyle they want to get away from. So he's connected to organizations like that. They have a pantry on their property as well. Mm -hmm. So like enforcing this community mindset, like that's important. That's just as important to highlight as posting like, oh, I got a hundred thousand streams. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, not a lot of people know these things are in existence. Yeah. I mean, because a lot of the artists aren't posting about like the community work, unless they have like a separate page where it's strictly that. But a lot of times right. we just see the music, the, art- the artistry, yeah. which is, I mean, I'm sure there's- And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, there isn't anything wrong with that. And 
some people probably struggle with because you don't want to be posting and trying to come off braggadocious of look what I'm doing for the community. You just do it. And if other people want to highlight you, let them. Yeah, um, there's a scripture that talks about um, having like let another praise you and not your own mouth in Proverbs. Mm -hmm. So like I understand that. Yeah. Um, that idea, you know, cause I do a lot of stuff here and there's a lot of stuff people may never know, mm -hmm. you know, and it's not like something I'm going to be like, look what I did. And then look what mm -hmm. I did. And then look at these things. It's like, let another praise you. So what I chose to do is be that mouth, Yeah. Right on. you know, using my camera to yeah. showcase to other people like, yo, look at what's happening over here on the ground and let this be an encouragement to, to do you like you don't have to rap yeah you don't have to rap you don't have to sing you don't have to paint be what you can be within your neighborhood do you know your neighbors have you talked to them you know yeah so just trying to do that so how can we see this docuseries so the, the docuseries is being worked on edited right now it's in post-production um so it will be, uh, I have a, like I'd say, connection with Rapzilla. And so they're going to be, we're in partnership. So um, a lot of these um, pieces are going to be showcased on Rapzilla and also um, Get Focus Productions and AI The Anomaly. You'll be able to see it on there. So YouTube most, mostly. Okay. Um, and it's, it should be dropping this year. Cool. I'm excited. I get to start rolling out this year. I just, obviously, I love people's stories and learning about what they got going on. So it's yeah, different. And the, the title is called Focused. Okay. And that's focused with a K, not a C. Yep. <laughs> focused. F-O-K-U-S apostrophe D. So how would you say God's presence looks like in your life personally outside of the music? <sighs> I'd say the peace for me, the peace that I have within my life. Um, and, and like, I'm not saying like I'm walking around here just as peaceful as can be. I have hard times. I have um, tough times. I have stressful times, but it's that peace that I have. It's that freedom in him that I have. I know who I was before I followed him with my all. Yeah. And I was in a dark space and in, in such a cloud and such a heavy burden. And I laid those burdens down <laughs> and, and I have such a peace I know God's presence is in my life when I looked at my children, mm. you know, being the mother that I am and coming from where I come from. Yes, I had a mother that was present in my life. Was she perfect? No. What parent is um, coming from a place in which I was told I would be a failure to thrive, but giving, finding myself soaring because of Christ, you know, that's his that's his presence. Yeah. Looking at my husband and the love that I get from him, the unfailing love, you know, his consistency, 
his persistence, um, his support. I'd, I'd say God is present in that. Like I'm loved, like, and that's, dude, feeling loved is a beautiful thing coming from where I come from, yeah. where I had to question, am I loved? Mm-hmm. Do I deserve love? But that love first came from God and understanding that love within him. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I, I learned was how to love someone. And that someone was my son. Mm-hmm. And I gave my life to God. Yeah. And in that, I didn't even understand love for myself. Mm-hmm. But I knew that I needed God in order to love this child the best way possible. Yeah. And through loving my son, I began to love myself. Wow. You know, and, and that was because of, you know, reading the word, reading the scriptures and understanding God for myself. So, yeah, that presence is the love that I feel. All right. Let's get into the music. Um, how did you even get into music, period? It's your music start. Well, growing up, just... um. You know, listening to music, I was just—I just loved music. Period. Um, teenage years, of course, I went and snuck to least listen to the radio. We weren't supposed to listen to the stuff that was happening on on the radio, but hey, I snuck and listened to it anyway, okay. and um, fell in love with hip hop. So I say, in my teens, I fell in love with hip hop. I went to a school called Performing Arts. Okay. I um, I. I worked on piano, you know, I'm, I learned how to play the piano. I'm trained classically okay. and um, just fell in love with all types of music, you know. So when you were a teenager sneaking to listen to music, what, who was popular at that time? Like who sucked you into hip hop? Mm, who was popular during that time? Jeez. Biggie, Nas, um, Piggy, Nas, Tupac, Jay-Z, you know, Puffy, Missy. Uh, Timberland was my favorite producer, even at that time, still is today. One of my favorites. um, Timberland and Aaliyah's album that Mm -hmm. he produced, it's finally on iTunes now. That's like trending right now. Get out of here, finally. Yeah. It was owning everything back in the day. Like, yeah. heck, this, we had such terrible contracts back in the day. <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, all of that. Okay. So, but how do you transition from classically trained to rapping? Like, when did the rapping, did it start with, like, spoken word? How did all that come about? Yeah. So... Okay. Poetry, I would say poetry was my first love. Okay. The freedom of being able to fly, flow free with my words, that poetry allowed me no walls. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to flow with it and then, you know, insert hip hop, um, the culture of hip hop, um, and then rap itself, which is one of the elements of hip hop. Rap is rhythm and poetry. Mm -hmm. Listening to um, hip hop artists, um, just trying to recreate on beats that they rapped on. 
writing down the lyrics of Eminem and then learning those lyrics and trying to rap it myself and then inserting my own words is where I, I love the puzzle part of that, you know, the, the trying to discover like how to put words together to fit within a rhythmical pattern. Yeah. I just fell in love with the technical part of it. I think it's just how my mind moves. And so from there, just trying to, you know, put my own flair to it. And so as I got older, I, you know, was trying to discover my voice, whatever I was living, whatever lifestyle I had, that's what I was talking about. So I did dip into the streets. I was part of a group um, where we rapped about whatever we were rapping about, (laughs) you know, and then um, when my life changed, I stopped rapping because I felt like I couldn't talk about, obviously that's not my lifestyle anymore. And I equated rap to, if you, if you live in, if you live in this lifestyle, you rap about that lifestyle. If you're not, you don't, you don't, that, you know, you're not keeping it real. So I put it down for a little bit, but I couldn't help it. I had a, it's in me. Yeah. And so I began to discover Christian hip hop, which at the moment, at the time, I felt like it was, it was trash. I'm going to be real. I was like, man, they sound like they're trying to be like the mainstream. And I, I didn't hear like passion, mm. like, or, or that, that like, um, authenticity. Yeah. Regardless if they weren't being authentic. For me at the moment, it's like, man, y'all sound like y'all trying to sound like them. Yeah. Um, but then yeah. I came across Ambassador. I came across the truth. I came across Stephen the Levite. And I began to hear like passion mm-hmm. and authenticity and truth. And I'm like, man, maybe I can talk about this in my life. Maybe I can insert what I want to say right now in my life and share it through um, through rap. And that's when I began to, to, um, go, go hard within Christian hip hop. And how did you end up signing with Bizzle's God Over Money? Man, that was a, that was the process. Um, honestly, I wasn't looking to sign anybody. I just love to express myself through music. I was doing shows and, I was doing a lot of shows here in my city. I was traveling with um, a group here called Rebel Against the World. It was a, a group of supporters. Um, and then we had this, this event we would do here in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And uh, we would bring different Christian hip hop artists here. And Bizzle was one of them. And that's when I met him, I say maybe 2016 or so. And um, that relationship started then. And then I met, I started to meet the other um, label mates as they started to come on because we would bring them in to Buffalo to do shows. And um, the de- relationships develop over the years. Like, here we are, you know, um, I, you know, Bizzle reached out to me and we began to talk about, you know, music and different things. And he extended that invitation. And I'm like, that sounds interesting. <laughs> and uh I asked a million questions and I finally said, yeah, I'll, I'll rock with you boys since y'all my brothers. Anyway. Wait, so how long um, were you in fellowship with them then before you signed? Hmm. See, the thing is, I don't, I don't know how to pinpoint, yeah. you know, I'd say like 
it was years of, you know, different conversations, um, just building. I'd say I developed more of a relationship with Selah mm. and Dayton. Okay. And then as time went on, like Bumps is like our brother, period. All of them are our brother. Yeah. You know, but just building relationships, I think that is what made me comfortable with saying yes. Okay. I want to say maybe, I don't know, man, four years okay. before I, 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 you know, got extended that invitation. And then um, I said yes. And then it, I was like, I don't want to tell the public until I put it out, put out another project. Yeah. And so I, I was the stalling of the announcement. <laughs> um <laughs> That I put out blank canvas and then we made the announcement. Okay. So you are you are the first woman to sign to God over money and still are the only woman on the label. Um, I mean, how does that feel? As an artist, yes. As an artist. Yeah. Okay. Um does how does it feel to be carrying that? Does it feel like weight or what does it feel like? I don't really feel any weight. I really, really don't. I don't feel any weight. I could understand how people would probably feel that way. Like, but I don't, I, I'm used to like, I grew up around a lot of boys, Yeah, you know, and on my block, you know, I had my cousins and a lot of friends. I was a tomboy, you know, I played football in the streets. I was always kind of that only girl in a group. Um, I was always surrounded by guys who, protect like protection do you know what I mean and then I was the protector too um so I always kind of felt and even here with the group rebel against the world I was the only um well I am the only woman within that group what is and what is rebel against the world rebel against the world is a, a support group okay built up built up of Christian hip-hop artists so Zadok the God Hop MC okay um Who's Meech, um, Wills, Avery. I don't know if you know Fonz Carter. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, another artist. His name is Carrier. There's another artist, um, King Shot. My husband is part of it. But it's more so like a support group, okay. not just music, but yeah. they come over. We build. We talk about marriage. We talk about life. We talk about our Christian walk. We have different ideas and different, you know, uh, I say like nom- denominations, I guess, but we, we've found commonality in, in a lot of different ways. Yeah. And so we've supported each other in life and also through music. And so, um, doc, we call him doc. He is part of hog mob. You, you familiar with hog mob? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And fought, yep, and Fonz Carter. So, so those are I'm connected with them too. Um, so you know, I'm the only one, the only woman there too. So it doesn't feel any different. Yeah, I'm just a little sister, you know. So totally makes sense. All right, and I would like to move forward to our four song breakdown where the artist raps or recites a verse and discusses what's going on between the lines of the song story. Um, so for uh-huh. you, I picked four songs off of Soul's Acrylic, uh, Grown Woman, 
Facts, Relentless featuring Bizzle, and Freedom's Palace featuring Jared Sanders. Um, yeah. Would you mind doing, discussing a verse off of Grown Woman? Um, yeah, yeah. So let me see. Is there like, have you looked at the lyrics? Is there any part of it in particular you want me to speak about or like a lyric of it that? No, it's, I mean, it's all on you, whatever you feel like you would like to speak on. Um, whether I'd even say it's not about the lyric, but maybe about the process or why you even made the song or anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I created um, Grown Woman for, for a couple of different reasons. Like I felt that myself, you know, I, as a, as a woman who's on this journey, trying to live this lifestyle, I'm a wife, I'm a mom, I'm a business owner. I wanted a song or just music that I can listen to and feel encouraged by. And I felt like there wasn't a lot of that happening. Just the day-to-day -day stuff, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a grown woman and I want to feel encouraged by listening to um, a woman say things that I can relate to. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, part of it, a grown woman worked to balance emotions and weakest moments. I felt plenty like any, I pick it up, keep it going. Like real talk. I'm constantly learning how to balance my emotions. You know how it is. Mm -hmm. Like to be real, that time of the month come, I don't want anybody in my face, <laughs> but I gotta, I still have to be cognizant. Like, wait, like I have children. I can't just, my tact and tone has to be better. Yeah. I can't just shut my husband down. Like, yeah, don't talk to me. Y'all leave me alone. <laughs> and sometimes I'm, I am like, listen, I'm gonna need all y'all to just leave me alone yeah. for this time frame because this is how I'm feeling. Cause it's a hormonal imbalance. Um, but even outside of that, like being a mom and a wife, like today, um, to be honest with you, I'm in the bathroom trying to get ready mm -hmm. for the day. My son is, is out here making noise. My daughter is knocking on a door mm -hmm. and I cannot stand talking through the door. <laughs> I'm in the bathroom trying yeah. to get ready. Yeah. I, I tell them all the time, do not talk to me through the door. I can't take it. My, my husband is wherever in the house. My daughter is asking me, can I get some snacks? I'm like, your dad is somewhere in the house. Go ask him, <laughs> you know? So my emotions in that space, like, you know, is like, uh, like, you know, it's real talk, like stressful, like leave me alone. I want to try to focus on me right now. Then I come out and other things are happening and I kind of like, you know, I kind of came at my son a little harsher than I needed to yeah. about something that wasn't really, it, it wasn't needed. Yeah. And I had to think about that, like, dang, that was uncalled for. And so I had to say, yo, I had to apologize to my son because I want to showcase to him like, yo, it's moments in my weakest moments. I felt plenty like any. I pick it up. My picking it up was, yo, son, I came at you the wrong way and, and it was uncalled for. And I'm sorry. And I want you to learn through my mistake that 
I have to balance my emotions. I was on a high stress level and I needed to balance my emotions and I didn't. And I want you to learn through this. I pick it up like any, I pick it up and keep it going. And then you keep it moving. You know what I'm saying? So just, I'm a grown woman. I make mistakes and I want to keep moving and, and do the best that I can. You feel me? So that that's, you know, and there's so much more that I could say about yeah. the song, but at the, at its deepest point, it's like, yo, I need real music. Cause I don't have the lifestyle of Cardi B. I don't have the lifestyle of shoot. I don't have the lifestyle necessarily of Rhapsody and she's dope. Yeah. You feel me? And I don't have the lifestyle of a lot of these women or Tierra Weck, who I think is amazing. Mm -hmm. And some other women who are dope um, artists. I need somebody who can speak to where, where I am in my life. And if I have the talent to do that, I'm going to do it. Wow. You know? All right. Facts. So let's talk facts. about facts. <laughs> yeah, facts, man. Um, kind of the same lane. What I wanted to do with facts was I wanted to talk about what it is that I do. My business is philanthropic. Mm -hmm. You know, it is. My business, Get Focus Productions, is philanthropic. I capture truth through my optics. Through my camera, I'm capturing truth. I'm capturing human beings. When I put on exhibits and I put images on the walls and I think about how I want the exhibit to be within the gallery spaces, I'm always telling stories. Um, and, and that's what I love to do. That's what I'm passionate about doing. And then through that, I'm able to invest in younger pockets. So in the song, I say I invest in younger pockets because the next gen, they be watching. I feel like the next generation is watching us. Mm -hmm. So if I got this skill of putting words together and I can rap and I can do poetry and I can capture, I'm going to talk about it. I'm tired of like keeping some stuff to myself and just kind of putting some things out there. Yeah. As a Christian, you know, within hip hop, everybody's like, yo, you got to, you know, talk about theology. Yes, we do. You know, and, and at the same time, I got to show these young people like, yo, I can rap and I'm going to drop these bars and I want you to respect these bars and see like I have this skill and this talent. But I'm going to also tell you what I'm doing with it. My business is philanthropic. I capture truth with my optics, you know, all all of these different things but I'm also choosing what I'm doing wisely. Mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, later on in the song, I talk about like, yo, I could choose to soothe you with smooth tunes for your amusement. It probably would be lucrative. I, I, you know, I probably could make, make money off of it. I can choose to do that. If I look at the algorithms and, oh man, my numbers are low. Well, let me take a couple pictures like this or uh, guaranteed. If I just like said, forget it all, and I'm just going to come go out there and just rap about stuff that I know about, still be true, um, show off a little bit of my skin, my numbers are going to go up. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah. And I could do that. I could today. I could choose and be like, you know what? I need to make this money. I know how to make the money. Yeah. I'm watching. <laughs> people making the money yeah. they're making all of the monies 
So I'm, I could do that. I could switch it all up and, and you know, twerk and, and do all these things, but I, I choose not to. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. <laughs> you feel me? So that song was like, yo, and that's facts. It's factual statements, you know? And so I just wanted to showcase the people like, yo, I could do these things, but I choose not to. And, um, and respect it. Like, you know, and I, I, I feel like I should be respected in that. And that should be shot, you know, more light should be shown on that. And Relentless with Bizzle. Man, Relentless. Woo, that song is a song I created during the pandemic when I felt like I don't know what the heck is going on. What is happening? What am I going to do? So as a business owner and in, in within what I do, I get a, a lot of contracts through schools. Mm-hmm. Those contracts closed up when that when when that pandemic happened. Yeah. Schools were like, I'm sorry, like we can't go further with these contracts. Yeah. I get a lot of contracts in schools. That's where my income comes in. And so when your income starts to be rocked, mm-hmm. you like, oh, shoot your comfortability starts to be shattered. Mm. You like, oh, wait, what do I do? What do I do? I got to stand still and, and not forget that God is in control. Yeah. And when my faith is being rocked, when, when I'm faced against the mountains, I'm surrounded by the mountains here. I'm faithful, but I drown in fear. I got to keep pushing though. You know, um, in my verse, I say, tell the enemy, I got that semi on me. (laughs) I'm saturated in his favor. You see the shimmy on me. In the middle of the trenches with a vengeance, shaking these demons I see. Clenching to the scriptures with a grip that will pop a top when I squeeze. I'm living life like never let go, let God. I'm going to give it all I got. Like I emptied my wallet, dropping these coins in a bucket. Crabs in a barrel, they pulling at my soul finna throw down a gauntlet. Sovereign, he's almighty. Follow, like I want to be able to showcase the people like, yo, first of all, Yes, the enemy is going to come and he's going to try to shift and shatter your faith and things are going to happen like contracts are going to be closed. Income is going to be dried up. What you going to do? Questions about, you know, watching people fall from the faith and people give up on their faith. Mm -hmm. Watching people do that like dag, like people just dropping like flies out here. What's going on? Mm-hmm. And your faith is being tested. Nah, nah, you got to be relentless. You got to remember where your hope stands mm-hmm. and you got to stand firm in that. And so I wanted to create this song where I created this song in that space, kind of like encouraging myself, like it don't matter what things look like, because at the end of the day, God is sovereign. God is just. He does not change. I stand solid on that rock. He's my buckler. He's my citadel. He's that staff. He's that rod. He's that, he's that everything. So it don't matter that the income dries up Mm. because the scripture talks about how the birds that fly in the air, they need of nothing. What more? What more? Yeah. So not to go into like a preach moment, but that song was, was supposed to encourage myself first, but then whoever listens to it, be relentless. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. I just wanted to encourage people to just keep going, man. 
And why have Bizzle on the track? Because Bizzle's dope. <laughs> and I knew that, I knew Bizzle was going to uh, approach the song in the same way. And I felt like the song needed to have the balance of a woman speaking to women and a man speaking to men, you know? And um, I feel like you in that you can hear him within his, you know, his encouragement mm -hmm. and then me with mine, you know, and us coming together. And I think this might be besides um, the song that me, him and Bumps did this. This is our first song of just me and Bizzle. And, okay. and I wanted it to be something that that meant. Not to say other music doesn't mean anything, but if I'm going to do a song with someone that I respect musically and lyrically, let's let's do something to people's hearts. Yeah. You know, and I feel like that's what that track did. Okay. And Freedom's Palace with Jared Sanders. Oh, man. Freedom's Palace. That. So created that song to showcase like where I come from and the things that I felt like I didn't have. Mm -hmm. So in my verse, I'm talking about, you know, you know, where I come from, um, feeling like I didn't have these things and like, what, who, who am I? Why am I here? You know, type of thing. And then on the hook, I'm saying, I got all I need, you know, I got all that I need, you know, coming from a place that I felt like I didn't have um, my biological mother. I felt, you know, I, I didn't have, I didn't get a chance to live with or be around my, my biological family there's those questions and there's those like desires and like, you know, things that people would say, like, I'm a failure to thrive I'm this, I'm that all these labels coming from all of that, the feeling of voids, you know, and then coming to a place where now like, man, I got all that I need. I need of nothing. First and foremost, I have the love of God. Then I have family, like I'm a mom, I got my I got my son, I got my daughter, I got my husband. Mm -hmm. That's all I need. That's it. Yeah. The blessing, that one blessing, um, God, you know, Jesus giving his life for us. If it was just that, that's everything that I need. I'm good. Mm -hmm. Everything else is just added. It's just, you know, great at great additions. And so, you know, that that's basically where I was coming from. And then Jared, of course, comes in and, and kills it. And uh, it kind of gives that same, that same perspective, you know? So yeah, you know, the song, I grew up on the East side, I grew up with the shooters and the street fighters, always had to prove mine tiny, but I beat up all the dudes around me. <laughs> and I did. Uh, and, and it goes on to kind of talk about my childhood and then coming to a place where it's like, you know, who am I? Why? Why would God? What does God see in me? Little me? Why? You know, all of this stuff. And then coming to a 
space where it's like, I'm good. I got everything I need. Right on. Wait, I'm, I'm sorry. Would you mind holding on real quick? My my grandma is. Oh, hold on, grandma. I'm, I'm almost done with this interview, okay? Uh, no more than like five, 10 minutes. I'll be down there. Grandma, you literally just ate breakfast. Okay, I'm a, I'm a fix you some lunch. Cookies, you and them cookies, Grandma. Just hold on. I'll get you something, okay? Hold on. Hello, who, who is is this the the, the, the little girl from a uh, two two seven all grown up? Who who is it? Is this that? What, what, what's her name, bro? Regina King? Is you Regina no, King, girl? I'm not. You, who, who was you, child? Who was you? I am AI the anomaly. AI, AI, like A1 sauce? Yeah, A1, A1 sauce. A1, yep. Okay, AI, uh, Al, well, Alan Iverson, was what, what, he? Alan Iverson, absolutely. Oh, okay, okay. All of it. Ooh, Lyrically, oh, yes. I thought you was that 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 actress that I've been watching since she was just a just a little little skinny little thing and she grew up got all these like muscles and arms <laughs> and making all this money doing movies and and, and directing yeah. and, and voiceovers mm -hmm. and stuff. I thought that you was her, but but I heard a little bit of your story. Mm -hmm. Do you mind AI if I if, if I say a little prayer for you? Oh, go right on ahead, Grandma. All right, Lord, Lord. I just want to thank you for this, this multi-hyphenated grown woman, Lord. She, she do that rap, that, that scatting. Back in my day, we used to call it scatting, but the kids these days, they be calling it rapping. But she be rapping. She, she a mama. She a wife. She, she be educating the young folk and, and the men folk. She, she just be out on these streets, Lord, out on these stages, Lord. And, and I just, I'm so grateful, Lord, that, that she's able to make the monies with her clothes on. She ain't got to show no skin to make the money. Lord. Lord, continue to bless her to, to where she can keep her clothes on and, and keep keep saying lyrics and and, and doing her, her photography and, and all that. And, and Lord, just give her peace in the bathroom, Lord. Just, just let the bathroom be her sanctuary. Don't let her have to talk to nobody through no dogs. Just peace, Lord. Yes, peace. And I and, and I, I'm not quite sure about about her her, her phonics with that the focused her spelling focused with a K, Lord. I hope she know that focus was is with a C. C like Christ. Amen. C like Jesus Christ, Lord. And and I just I just pray that you continue to just just let your spirit energize this grown woman, Lord, so she can continue doing grown woman stuff, Lord. I pray these things, Lord, in, in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Grandma. Yeah, you're I needed welcome. it. Yo, you're welcome. It was nice meeting you, uh, AI. And um, I'ma let my grandbaby get on back on here. Gay Lika, right. a little prayer for her. I'ma grab me a couple little cookies while you finish up this this thing you're doing. 
Right. Hysterical. <laughs> Man. Grandma always gotta come in and give them prayers, huh? Yeah, she she loved her prayers. I um sometimes she get a little lose her focus a little, but you know, she means she well. Gotta get focused. <laughs> yes. Get focused. Okay. She got me focused for sure, man. I might have to, I don't know. She she dropped a little word, man. She writes, the cease should be there. And <laughs> for Christ, crisis, Jesus Christ. It's all sound like she got a little Kojic in there too, you know? <laughs> you know, grandma, she, she's 106 years old. So she, she got a little oh. of everything in her. A Baptist Pentecostal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So how would you say God's presence looks like in your life musically? God's presence musically. Hmm. When I think of God's presence, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of his attributes. I'm thinking of the fruit, right? The fruit of the spirit. Thinking of all of those things. Um, so when I approach music, I'm trying to make sure that I'm expressing whatever I'm living, showcasing that through music and, and dropping some seeds. Um, so for example, we talked about grown woman. We talked about facts. We talked about freedom's palace. Um, I can't remember the other one we talked about, but these songs, have that in it. Mm -hmm. it it has those seeds in there mostly every song that i do yeah mostly all of them is based off of some type of scripture mm -hmm. grown woman comes from proverbs 31 literally as you're listening to the beginning of the song i'm practically taking some of the words from proverbs 31 you go back listen to what i'm saying in the beginning um, and look at Proverbs 31. Facts is really whatever your hands find to do, do it with all thy might. You know, um, I love that. Whatever my hands find to do, I'm a photographer. I uh, love working with young people. What am I saying in the music? My business is philanthropic. I want people to be encouraged by those things. Yo, do what you do. Mm -hmm. Do it unto the Lord. You know, um, Freedom's Palace. Woe is me, basically, in that verse. I'm talking about my childhood, talking about the woes. Who am I? What am I to do? All of this stuff. But you know what? Thank God that all I need is him, period. That's mm -hmm. it. Which talks about in, 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 in the gospel. You know, that's all I need. That's it, period. And so if you go through all of the music, um, I try to base it off of a scripture, Okay. Or an idea um, that deals with who God is and who he is in my life. Right on. And now that you've completed the interview, um, who would you like to see me interview on the show? Whose testimony would you like to hear? Mm. Mm. I got a couple. So you ever heard of Asia Marie? No. How do you even spell that? A A. S-H-A, right? Yeah, M-A-R-I-A. She is within our genre. She's dope. She does a lot of um, community work through her church. Okay. Her husband is also an artist. His name is Justin. Okay. Um, 
And um, she has a project out called While You Were Sleeping. And, I, and she's right now working on a gospel project. Um, very, you know, just just she's dope to me. She's dope um, as a woman of God. Um, Lexi Devine, you ever heard of her? Oh, yeah, I, I, I have heard of Lexi. She's from the West Coast. Um, I obviously I remember her when she first came out, but I haven't really been following her since. She's done a lot of a lot of dope work, very creative, and she started up a movement or a um, platform called Femendus. And Femendus has a slew of women who are in our genre, because you know the the myth is there's not enough women, but there's a whole bunch of us. There's a bunch just not spotlighted and highlighted. she spotlights them. Okay. I'll, I'll check that out. Thank you. And then so from there, you'll find a whole bunch of women. Yeah. That if you, if you want to um, put them on a platform, that'd be great. No, nah, for sure. This is actually going to be my first season where I've had not only like have done one woman interview for the season, but um, multiple. I'm going to have. Oh. Yeah. I think I have three like th- no four women that i have interviewing this season yeah it's dope <laughs> yeah i'll so, keep them coming keep yes them i'm coming. like i can actually do like the premiere and the finale with a woman <laughs> Stop. do it yes hey what's up thank you thank you for listening to the show thank you for watching the show however you consume us Thank you. Please subscribe to the show. And if you really enjoy the content, please leave a review. It really does help with the ranking of the show. And if you want to go an extra mile, share the show, share this episode. And for all things testimony, visit testimonystories.com. Until next time, I'm Gilika Brown, the music lover constantly seeking positive music.